everyone, welcome to the Paw Awareness Podcast, and thanks for joining me. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, and also check us out at pawawareness.org and on Instagram at pawawareness underscore official. On Instagram, we are doing submissions for Pet of the Week, where you can submit your foster pet, and we'll pick one winner every month, and we'll give $200 to their choice of charity or foster. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Paw Awareness Podcast. Today with us, I have Doggy Dan, a dog trainer and a very special type of dog trainer. Love what he's doing. And I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself and a little bit about what it is that you do. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. So yeah, my name, well, it's not actually my name. I wasn't, I wasn't christened Doggy Dan, but that's the name I go under. <laughs> People tend to remember it better than any other names. So I go under the name of Doggy Dan, professional dog trainer, and I'm based here in New Zealand. And um, I, I'm actually British, uh, been training dogs professionally for over a decade now. And um, I'm the creator of the online dog trainer, which is a membership site one of the first in the world so 57,000 people have now used the site and um yeah we've helped a lot of dogs with an amazing method which is uh which is amazing and the method itself is radically different which is why i'm still so excited about it for someone who is new to dog training what makes your dog training um what method do you use what kind of makes hmm. yours stand out yeah yeah I was kind of hoping you'd ask that because it's a good, it's a good, it's a good starting point. Why, why do you think you're different, doggy Dan? Yeah. Well, look. In all honesty, if I was to create an analogy with children, because I've actually written a book called "What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent," and the analogy I would give you is, is this: if if raising children was just about finding the right sort of chocolate to tr train your kids with, the right sweets, the right treats, you know, none of us would have any problems with parenting. But it's not that simple. It's not just about the treats with children. And it's you've got to be a little bit smarter, I think, than just using food with the dogs. If it was just about food, it would be so easy, you know. But there's a lot of business out there because there's a lot of problems with dogs. And and the other side of um, parenting is I'm not, I'm not a fan of smacking, whacking, and, and shaming and making our kids feel bad to get them to do stuff. So it's not about causing them pain to get them to change. You know, you can, of course you can make your kids eat their peas and carrots. If you're going to cause them pain, it's not about smacking and hitting your kids to get them to do stuff. So I'm not a big fan with parenting of using force or fear or aggression. And I'm not, I don't believe it's just about using treats with parenting. And it's the same with parenting my dogs. You know, we've got dogs and kids in our house and my wife and I have come to the kind of firm conclusion that, there's more to it. There's more to it with dog training than just the treats. And I certainly don't want to be, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't use shock collars basically is where I'm coming from. I don't use prong collars, shock collars. And I firmly believe if we understand the power of the relationship, the power of the connection, if we truly focused as much time and attention on that as we do on the shock collars, treats, gadgets, widgets, <laughs> you know, clickers, if we, if we focused on the connection, and the trust and the respect, we'd we'd be so much further ahead than we are. I mean, I for all the for all the good stuff that's happening in dog training, and there's a lot, 
you know, it's it's the relationship side of things which is really causing most of the problems. And how did you get into this? I mean, you know, I feel like everyone kind of has a good origin story is always fun. And what's, you know, what's that like for you? Yeah, look, my, my stories is a very weird one. I, I, I trained as a civil engineer in the UK, but there was no jobs. So I became a, um, a maths teacher because I, I wanted to help people. And But I, I realized very quickly training, working with kids for 30 years was not going to be fun for me. So I became a policeman and then I tried my hand at IT sales and sold, became a wine sales manager. So I did a lot of jobs. I could do them, but I wasn't passionate about them. So I ended up going to a careers advisor and she helped me discover that dogs was my passion. She pretty much put me into a trance and said to me, tell me about your first memory in life. And then what was your next memory? And she drew a spiral of all my memories from the very first one right to where I was in the current day. And dogs was all over it. And she said, you're a dog man. I went, yeah, I love dogs. But I didn't believe I could become a dog trainer. Um, but it, but once I put my mind to it, it was like I, my hand, it was like fitting into a glove. It was just I realized, yeah, when you find your passion, it's a beautiful thing. And um, that's what this dog stuff is. It's a passion. It's, um, it's more than a job. That's so that's so cool to hear. And I mean, I think it's we live in such a, a wonderful time where you can do we can explore so many different ways to careers and whatnot. Mm. And I think you're a really good example of that. And um, what exactly how did you I know that you kind of mentioned this before the call. You had a, a dog named uh, Peanut and he kind of taught you uh, your method. So how did you go about? Uh, crafting your system to where, you know, 57,000 people are now going through this. What, what is yeah. that like? Okay. So there's a number of stages. Um, the first one was peanut. She was a, she was a female and um, very powerful staffy Ridgeback cross. And uh, straight away, she was the best dog on the block. I'd take her to training. I'm like, you guys are Muppets. You couldn't train a dog for toffee. Look at my dog. My dog's doing it. And then I went to training kennel club and they told me how hard it was, you know, to put this thing in the dog's mouth and tell it to tell the dog to hold it. And I thought, well, I just tell my dog to hold it. She'll hold it. So I put it in. And then all these games they were doing everything. I was like, none of this is even hard. So I thought I was an amazing dog trainer. Then I realized, no, it's not. It wasn't me. It was my dog. I got lucky. Peanut was one of the 1%. She was the top amazing, most beautiful, never had a fight in her entire life. But she's the one who made me go, I should be a dog trainer because I'm a great, I thought I was a great dog trainer. But actually, yeah, so she got me interested in it. Um, and when I when I stepped out of the, um, the corporate career, as I was a wine sales manager, as I mentioned at the time. And it's a funny thing to go from being a wine sales manager of one of the biggest wine companies in the country and I remember driving out of the offices and this guy looked at me. He sold spirits. He sold the whiskey and the brandy. And he knew who I was and he knew what I was doing to go and train dogs. And I never forget his comment. He looked at me and he said, my, my, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> that was, I thought, you got no idea. I'm free. I'm free, brother. I'm out of here. And so started the adventure. And. I followed the um, suggestion of Tony Robbins, which was 
don't reinvent the wheel. Success leaves clues. So he suggested if you want to get into something, study like the five top people in that industry. And that's what I did. I took five of the top people I could find and studied them. And some of them didn't resonate with me. A couple of them did. And one lady in particular named Jan Fennell, the dog listener from the UK, really resonated with me. Very much about connection, love, trust, how to win the dog's mind by thinking like a dog. And so I did a couple of her courses, modified it slightly, added an, an extra little piece to what she was teaching and sharing, and, um, and then added in lots of other trainers' suggestions regarding the training. But the actual philosophy was very much based around her methodology, which is um, you have to think like a dog to help a dog. And we're all thinking like humans, and that's the problem. That's it in a nutshell. You can't, you can't think like a cat and train a dog. You can't think like a bird and train a dog. You can't think like a human and expect to connect deeply with the dog. You've got to think like a dog. And what do you, uh, let's see, what was I going to ask? I was, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what type of person, for example, is this program for? I would assume quite a bit of, you know, there's a large amount of people who could benefit from this, right? Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of actually getting help with your dog, is that what you're meaning? The, um, yeah. So like, yeah. Um, I guess like what, what, um, what person, what dog owner, what type of dog owner would benefit from this? Would every dog owner benefit from this? I mean, um, I I'm kind of thinking that, but you know, you tell me. Yeah. No, good question. Good question. The people who benefit most from is, I mean, just being straight up, one of the best programs I have in there, there's two, there's two people. The first one is I put something together called Project Moses. So if you've got a puppy from anywhere from eight weeks right through to eight months, then I've got all the videos of me raising a puppy from eight weeks through to eight months. And these aren't your average videos of now we're going to do a sit. Now we're going to do a stay. No, no these are the ones of how, how do you come in the house and stop the dog from jumping up at you? How do you get this puppy to sleep through the night? You know, and these are videos of me creeping down the corridor whilst my dog's screaming, going, night. and I wow. keep the camera rolling as I walk in in the dark. And I'll tell you what I do. And this is what's quite funny. You walk in, he's screaming. You turn the light on, you ignore him. Little puppy's there. And I go over to a bookshelf and I look at a book and he stops screaming. And he looks at me and I don't touch him and I don't look at him and I don't pick him up. You know, these are all mistakes. You don't go and cuddle the dog. And he can see the other dog lying there. And he's like, oh, it's no problem. Everyone's still here. Dog's lying. You're, you're calm. And then I walk out the room and I shut the door. Silence. And I walk back to bed. So that's the sort of video that's in there. And what happens is that the puppy, and there's other suggestions. I've got other suggestions that can help. But very often a puppy just needs to know that you're still alive, that you're well, your calm energy comes in the room clearly communicates, you're all right, there's no problem. Turn the light off and walk out. But when you train the doggy, if you scream, I come in, pick you up, cuddle you. <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster right there. Interesting. So that's the sort yeah. of thing. So to go back to your original question, puppy training, it's a phenomenal program. Really is one of the best puppy training programs. I can't imagine what more you'd want. I've even got um, how to desensitize a puppy to we, got, we had some guys turn up who were chainsawing down trees. And I show you how my, you know, four-month-old puppy ended up just sitting listening to the chainsaws and trees crashing. And 
all that sort of stuff. So that's the puppy training side of things. And then the other part is if you have any sort of behavioral issue. Because I share with you the fundamental program called the Dog Calming Code, which is the key bit of connecting up with your dog and saying, hey, buddy, I'm in charge. I'll make the decisions, switch off, calm down. And then there's all the other bits of training with dog aggression, pulling on the leash, not coming when called, barking. So all of that's covered up. So if you've got a dog problem or a young puppy, it's pretty powerful. And what's your opinion on, do you think that there's an age at all where dogs can stop getting trained? Like, what's that old saying? How does it go? Like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or something like that. Correct. Uh, that's, like, that's for people who who keep trying the tra- same training. They try the same training and it doesn't work. Yeah. And they go, yeah, this is a dumb dog. This dog's so dumb. I've been trying this, but, you know, not, not wanting to be rude, but, you know, stupid dog. Oh, it's not a stupid dog, but you got to try something different. Insanity is to try the same thing and expect a different result. Exactly. You know, and, and not being rude, but, you know, it's not even that we are stupid as humans. One of the chapters I've written in my book is, it says humans are not logical. We're not that logical. We, you know, there was a guy who worked with as a dog trainer and his dog ran to the fence barking. And he says, look, this is what, this is what he does. This is what Rufus does this. He, he woofs and, and Rufus bark, bark, barked. And then the guy shouted, Rufus, Rufus, come here, come here. Rufus, come here. Rufus just carried on barking at the neighbor. And then he said, Rufus, come here. And then finally Rufus came. He said, good dog, pat, 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 good dog, good dog. And he gave the dog a treat. He said, good boy, good boy, good boy. He said, he's a smart dog. I said, and you want to know why he doesn't stop barking? Because the man hadn't been able to see the problem of dog barks, barks, ignores him, ignores him, ignores him. Finally, when the dog's done all the barking he wants, the dog comes running. And then the man tells him he's a good dog and gives him a treat. He's rewarding the wrong behavior, but the man couldn't see that. You see, and that's the danger again of, not being under understand the logic of what's going on and using treats. And if you use the treats badly, you actually reinforce the wrong behavior, which is going on all the time. You know, the dog's going, I was protecting the property. I'm protecting the property. Ruff, ruff, ruff. The man shouting, you know, the man could be shouting anything for all the dog knows. The man might well be shouting, get him, Rufus, Rufus, get him, keep attacking. And Rufus is shouting, I'm doing my best. They've nearly gone. They've gone now. I've done my job. Right. Give me my treat for defending the property. He comes back and the man says, well done, Rufus. He says, yeah, I'm great at this, aren't I? Thank you very much. (laughs) So. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Treats can either, they can really kind of backfire if you don't use them properly. Yeah. And there is a way to use treats. I'm not saying never use treats. I'm not against food treats. I love, especially with puppies and especially with recall. And you can also use them for distraction and, and shaping and all sorts of stuff, but you've got to be careful. And it's not, it's not the, you know, it's not the, um, it's not the magic wand to all the problems. What are some common mistakes you see on a daily basis or with dog owners? Like, is there just something that frequently that you're just seeing time and time again, or what's that like? I mean, my, my shirt, what does it say? Yeah. Keep calm and use the dog calming code. <laughs> the reason being is nobody ever, nobody out of, I've, I've been to 3000 different people's houses and not one of them said to me, my dog is just so calm. That's the problem. <laughs> no, no, 
Nobody has a problem with a calm dog. It's always that the dog's too excited. It's always that the dog is T double O, too, too barky, too fast, too jumpy, too, it's, it's got too much energy. So one of the biggest mistakes we make is we add lots of energy. And do you think and, that's like a, like the, the dog owner adds the energy? Well, usually it's the dog owner's, you know, everybody has energy. So I'm adding a lot of energy here. You're holding kind of this point of just, I got it, and I'm adding the energy, which is fine. Sometimes you want that, especially in a, some relationships, you need, you need that blend and that mix. But when your dog's super excited, if all you're doing is coming in going, it's okay, calm down, calm down, fight it, drown, no, knock it off, sit down, sit, sit. Then you bring out some food and dog jumps and you go, no, no, sit down, fight it, down. Of course the dog's not going to be calm. But if you walk in and ignore the dog and calmly just wait for the dog to calm down, if we reward calm behavior, you have such a different dog. You know, when we take dogs for the walk, we actually constantly, most people, just reward bad behavior and excited behavior. So with most people, you know, the dog knows we're going for a walk before we even pick up the lead quite often. But you pick up the lead and the dog's energy on a scale of one to 10 will often jump from a zero to a six. So the dog gets really excited. And what do we do? Do we say to the dog, no, that's not what we're wanting? Or do we reward that by saying, do you want to go for a walk? Yeah. Do you want to go for a walk? Dog's energy goes to seven. Dog jumps up and down. What do we do? We say, good boy, come here. We're rewarding him again for getting more excited. Then we clip the lead on the dog and he starts pulling towards the door. Do we show the dog that's not what we want? Or do we let him drag us to the door? We let him, we reward him by letting him drag us to the door. And so at every stage, you know, he tries to pull through the door and we open the door and we let him pull through and we just keep rewarding him. Whereas imagine if when the dog starts to get excited, we took the lead off and just waited for a couple of minutes. These dogs are smart. These dogs get it usually within just a couple of goes. The dog goes, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Okay, well, I'll try something different. So they stop getting so excited and they calm down. And you do that at every stage. And the next thing you know, you've got a dog who stood by the front door waiting for you to walk through. And then they walk through calmly because they've learned that's how they're actually going to get what they want, which is to get out the door and go for their walk. So rewarding the wrong energy is one of the biggest mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's something that I have even been guilty of. And we were talking about this before the call, like, I really want to enroll in this program um, because just especially too, and the reason why I ask about the old dogs, this is I tend to gravitate towards like the little bit older dogs and, you know, I might be fostering them and then adopting them. And I just want to, you know, I kind of know, like, I think it'd be cool to kind of implement this as I go through the program, which is what I'm assuming you probably encourage, right? So as you're going through, how many videos did you say it was? It was a, I don't, a lot. It was a. Yeah. A, a couple of hundred videos. A couple you don't of hundred videos. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Yeah. So I and, think um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it, we've, we've always tried to set it up so you can actually check it out for a dollar. So right now there is a dollar for three days. You check it out for $1, go inside, have a look. And then if you like it, it's $37 for a month. So that's the sort of, you know. That's, that's what it is, and um, it's just a beautiful program in that it's calm, it's gentle, and it works. You know, we've got 
thousands and thousands of five-star reviews from people all around the world who've just gone, wow, this method really works. And um, we get them every day. So it's, that's what I was going to ask you about. Like, what's like, what's like one cool story uh, from, I don't know, someone saying, you know, oh, this changed my dog's life or whatever. What's, what's one story from that? Oh, uh, or do I know? I know I'm putting you on the spot. There's but. so many, but the, the one which makes me smile is the lady who actually picked my brains on the telephone. And she had a German shepherd that was biting people. And she basically, um, she booked me in for, for a consultation. And, and we were booked in, but about two days before the consult, she canceled. And I, I was so offended. I was like a jilted lover. I was worried she'd kind of found another trainer. She's dropped me for somebody else since I rang her up to say, well, why did you, why have you canceled? She said, well, the problem's gone. I said, what? Because she'd had the problem for years. And then I realized what had happened is in the telephone conversation, she picked my brain so hard. She'd, uh, she'd unpicked the dog calming coat <laughs> because she was a smart cookie. She was a smart lady. She'd got that rule. She'd figured out that she was doing that. She was doing a lot of it, but there was one bit she wasn't doing. And this method, and this is why I'm passionate about it. This is why I love it. Is It is like holes in a boat. You can know a lot about dogs, but and it's like, sorry, this is my boat. If you've got a boat and you plug up four holes or five holes, but there's still one hole left, your boat will still fill with water and sink if you've got a smart dog. She had a smart dog. So this dog was going, you, you're, you're not in charge. You're, you're not, I shouldn't have to listen to you. I'm still protecting this property. I'm still going to defend this place. But she unpicked my brain. And in the call, she figured out that her dog was demanding pats, cuddles, and affection all the time. And she was giving them whenever the dog demanded it. And I said, you just switch that around. Don't give the dog pats and cuddles. Not unless you call the dog. When you call the dog, if he comes first time, then you can give him the pets. That tiny change transformed her dog. She had all these builders come around. She said the dog was as calm as can be. Didn't even run up to the fence. And I was like, is that right? She said, he's like a different dog. So, and I've got hundreds of stories like that around all the different rules that somebody who's just changed one tiny thing. And the dog goes, now, now, now I understand, or you understand me, so... Yeah, it's always rewarding to hear. It's I call it dog psychology more than training because we didn't train the dog. The dog understood that rule. The dog understood that, you know, the concept is this. If you go up to another person, you know, if you go up to your boss on a Monday morning and ruffle their hair and say, hey, boss, you have a good weekend and put your arm around them, <laughs> it's probably not going to go down well because you've just invaded the boss's space. And you don't invade the space of those above you. And that's one of the rules of the dogs, you know. They kind of understand that rule. So if they're constantly coming up to you and jumping on you, then I'm not saying don't let them do that if you don't have a problem. But if you've got a problem, then it's being aware of that sort of thing. You know, the other way of looking at it is if I go up to my wife and I just say, hey, babe, I love you. Just my shoulders are tight. Massage me here. My wife starts massaging me. And then she stops and I say, hey, don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop until I tell you. This is because I love you, babe. Yeah. That's not love. That's just me telling my wife to massage me whenever I want. So 
You know, we fall into this concept that when the dog says pat me, tickle my tummy, rub my, you know, rub my tummy, that that's just love. But there's also an element of they're telling you what to do and they're calling the shots. And with some dogs, that's that's a pretty big deal. So I never thought of it like that, but now I'm like replaying these images in my mind with my little old dog, and I'm thinking, oh my God, I think you're right. This is crazy. Like my mind is blown. And yeah, it's it's like you said though, it's with the lady, it may not take, I feel like one small thing, like you could go through your program and it, it just one or two small things and they can completely make a world, world of difference. And um, here's the flip side of it. If you don't put that one small thing in, you can be using treats for the next five years, 10 years. You ain't never going to get it in my opinion. Most of the people I worked with, they've tried every treat under the sun. They've tried shock colors. They've tried this. Stuff. No, it's a psychology thing. You can't change the mind of the dog. A dog who says, well, how can you be in charge? Why should I listen to you? if I can come and run and jump on you and you tickle my tummy and do exactly what I say, the dog goes, no, I don't. Until you actually understand how to be a kind of the one in charge more than they, they kind of don't listen. So, And I know you mentioned before the call that, uh, you know, that you, you, you help out, you know, dog owners, but do you ever help dog trainers at all too? Like are any of these, do any of these, uh, people become dog trainers or any yeah. already dog trainers? Yes. So the online dog trainer.com, that's the, the site where you can go and train your own dog for 37 bucks or a dollar trial. And, um, and then a lot of those people over the years said to me, have you got a training program for me to become a trainer? So, you know, we, many years ago now we set up another program called dog trainer academy.org. So dogtraineracademy.org. And that is where we've got, uh, I think it's about 140 trainers around the world now who have gone through a lot more comprehensive, a total comprehensive training program. Um, inside that program, it shows you how to become a dog trainer, how to get clients, all of that stuff, how to work with clients on the phone to get bookings. And, and it's even got, it's almost like Doggy Dan TV. I paid somebody to follow me with a camera because the way I work is I go to people's houses and I knock on the door and I go into the home where the dogs are, which is, you know, I've been to houses where there's two, what is it? 170-pound Ridgebacks. Those are the two biggest dogs I've ever worked. Two 170-pound Ridgebacks. It's a lot of dogs. I can't even imagine that, yeah. Well, when you sit on a couch, the couch was pretty low. So I remember sitting down. I remember going, these dogs' heads are now way above my head. I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable. But the way I work is I go to the houses. So I had a cameraman behind me and he'd follow me into the house and video everything from me saying hello to them to working with them, all the good things that happened, the not so good things, how it worked. But you can see the dogs change in a two hour period. You can see the people's faces go from skeptical to maybe this is good to, oh my gosh, this is working to, wow, this is genius. This has changed our lives. Thank you. And then I say goodbye and walk out the door. So we got about, I think it's about 30 consultations just like that. And that's all in the in there. So yeah, for people who are passionate about seeing that real deep connection with dogs, that's that's the 
That's dogtraineracademy.org. And there's a lot of people around the world who set up very, very successful businesses. There's, um, I, I mentioned to you before, there's, there's one lady who's done the program. She's earning over a quarter of a million dollars a year now. And she is a beautiful lady. And she had never trained a dog in her life until she went on this program, on my program. And, you know, That's I got so nothing cool. but joy because I know how good, what a good person she is. And um, and how much she loves the dogs and loves helping. She's good. She does a good good work. So. And I think that's at the core of all of this. And I can just genuinely tell you have so much energy, so much passion for this, and that that's so refreshing and it's contagious. And I, you know, I I'm really grateful to meet people like that. And I'm excited to go through these programs. And what do you think? You have so much. You've been in this industry now for a while, a decade, and you, you have so much going on. What are some goals that you personally have that, that you want to implement, um, you know, maybe this year or going into the next couple of years? What do you see yourself doing? A, a big part for me is, is helping more people who want to become dog trainers, help them realize their dreams. Because a lot of people that work, um, a lot of people who are drawn into my program, Dog Trainer Academy, just have a burning passion and love for dogs. And so they're, there's a, they're good people, if you know what I mean. Their heart is in the right place. And, um, and so that's my dream is to figure out how I can get more people like that because they're really doing it not for the money. They're doing it because they love dogs. And they, the best way I can put it is they want to connect with dogs and understand dogs and be able to talk to dogs and communicate dogs before they die. That's what they want. They want to be able to really, truly communicate with dogs and help them before they die. And that's special. That's worth, You can't put money on that when you, when you actually connect with a dog and you see the dog change and you haven't used food and you haven't hurt the dog and you haven't pushed the dog or forced the dog, but the dog has chosen to come back alongside you and sit next to you and it goes, yeah, you, you understand me. And, and, the words I love the most, which I've probably heard more than any other words, is when I'm with a client and and maybe the dog was aggressive or pulling on the leash or wouldn't walk on the leash or barking. And the owners have looked at me and they said, he's never done that before, referring to the dog calming down or relaxing or falling asleep with me being there. He's never done that before. That's when you go, wow. This is working. Yeah, that's really cool. That's motivating right there. Yeah, especially with some of these dogs. Like you said earlier, some of these dogs, you know, there's some serious issues. And um, so that's amazing. And where can people find? I know we've kind of touched on it throughout the podcast, but where can people find uh, all of your content? So the best place to go is the Online dogtrainer.com. I know my accent might come across a bit funny. So the, the is <laughs> like T H E, T H E, online dogtrainer.com. And that's Got where it. you can, um, yeah, find out all about the programs. And, um, and for anybody who just wants to become a dog trainer, it's dogtraineracademy.org. They're the two places. Yeah. And those will be in the link in the description below on wherever you're listening at. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really, 
what a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for uh, sharing all of that information. And I look forward to, uh, I look forward to diving into your program. Awesome, Chris. It's been a lot of fun. I can feel your passion, your love for the dogs. I feel it. And um, yeah, onwards and upwards, hopefully together. Let's, let's do something together again. It's, it's been fun. And uh, yeah, I can feel, feel your energy too. Definitely. Thank you so much, man.